get one wave, just one wave before you take me in. I mean, come on, man, where am I going to go? Cliffs on both sides. I'm not just going to paddle. Paddle my way all the way to New Zealand. Come on, compadre. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I would have let his ass go. Fuck that shit. Uh, my favorite is Vaya con Dios. <laughs> it's like, go with God, motherfucker. Hey. hey. Welcome to another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. And I am the adrenaline junkie, skydiving, surfing, Reagan masking, bank robber, Zenobia. <laughs> I love it. I'm your searching for a spiritual guru guide. I don't know if I'm the good guy or the bad guy. I'm just here to get laid and surf some waves. <laughs> Motherfucking Lenny. <laughs> Lenny here. And here on Lights, Camera, Cocktails, cocktails. we pair amazing cocktails. cocktails with amazing movies. Amazing movies. And tonight is no different, y'all. No way, we no way. We are coming to an end of our crush movies of our favorite crushes. So you knew I had to bring in Will Smith for Bad Boys 1. And Lenny did her Lena Waithe from Ready Player One. Ready Player One. And then I did my white boo-boo, <laughs> Bradley Cooper with the stars forward. And now, Lenny, we are going to do <laughs> the crush that you have been talking about even before you were a host on this show. So... I am so happy that I know the first movie that we do of your crush, you're here for this. So go ahead and tell everybody. I know, me too. You guys, I am like mad blushing right now. My biggest movie crush has to be Keanu. Keanu! <laughs> Keanu, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I loved him for all time. <laughs> so we chose the movie and he has quite the repertoire. Yep. We'll get into it. Point, Point Break. break. We had Baby. to do Point Break. This is like his... First movie yep. on this show. This we is like to. his first badass action movie. This is like Baby John Wick right here, okay? I know. Baby John Wick starting like out. Su- super cute. <laughs> super cute little Baby John Wick. I love yeah. it. Oh, I'm blushing. I can't. I'm just like... Mm, I'm so excited. <laughs> she is. So why don't you go ahead and... Because uh, I'm ready to drink. Yeah, girl. So I got you. I've got a perfect drink planned for this evening. We are going to be drinking a Malibu Sunset. That's right. Get ready because this is a layered style drink. That is what we're featuring tonight. That's what we're going to talk about in a little bit. While I'm giving you the ingredients, just get go ahead and get ready to just measure that out into your glass because this is how you're going to want to do it. And we'll explain why in just a little bit. So go ahead and get a tall glass, Tom Collins tall glass, mm-hmm. and you're going to fill it up with ice. Then you're going to measure out 0.5 ounces of your grenadine and pour that right into the cup. Then you're going to do one ounce of cranberry juice, pour it on in. Then you're going to do 1.5 ounces of your orange juice. Go ahead and pour it on in. And then 2.5 ounces of your Malibu rum. It's going to float right on top because it's classic. That's rum style. Then you're going to have orange slices or cherries. And you're going to use that as your sweet little garnish. And voila, you have the Malibu sunset. And you are going to get the effect of it having a beautiful look of linear sunset looking cocktail. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of a little take on a tequila sunrise. We themed it, of course, Malibu because this movie is set in Los Angeles. And one of the big scenes in the film is at Latigo Beach, which is in Malibu. 
And that's actually where Keanu Reeves uses the term, like, that's where the point break is. (laughs) Which actually, and we'll get into detail, but that was how it was determined that they would title the movie that. Because Keanu Reeves says it as Johnny Utah. In the movie, he goes, that's where the point break is. And that's how we got the title of the film. Yep. (laughs) So are you ready? I am ready. It does it look good on your end? It looks good. Ugh. I am not a layerer. I have tried on several drinks on this show, and it always ends up purple. So I feel really good that it actually looks like what it's supposed to look like. So I'm excited. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Here. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. This just tastes like the beach. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Malibu is just the perfect, the most perfect. It just tastes like mm. the beach. So get your Malibute and pour this <laughs> shit in your drink. I'm going to add a little more on the top. Mm, so good. So good. And if you want to, you can go ahead and stir it up with all the ingredients all together with your straw when you're enjoying it. Because you don't have to keep it layered if you want to have all the ingredients mixed together. But I'm going to try this first one layered and then we'll see what the mixed up tastes like. But so far it we'll be- tastes good. Well, be careful, because if it's just grenadine and cranberry at the bottom, (laughs) woo! Okay, so my technique is going to be, like, every layer that I get, I'm just going to top it off a little bit with some Malibu, just so. (laughs) That's a good idea. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready for a little bit of herstory? Give me that herstory, girl. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this layering technique that everyone is uh, really into, especially with tropical style drinks. So what's fun is that around the turn of the 20th century, these were actually termed post-cafés. That's their actual technical term, post-cafés. For layering? Yeah, the layering drink is post-café. Post-café. Does that mean something? That literally is the definition of layering drinks. It's it it was the type of digestif that the the technique of layering a drink. It started off in the turn of the twentieth uh, century, which is around the nineteen hundreds, beginning of the nineteen hundreds. It got really popular. The term started off in Europe. It's a digestif, basically. That's how it got started. Ooh, fancy. And that's why people would drink these type of layered drinks after the cocktail, the coffee course of their meal. People really enjoyed the layering of the spirits and the syrups. It made it very, very pretty. It was very appealing. It's just so appealing to look at it, to to enjoy the, the look of it. And again, it was during a time when, you know, people were using it like bitters and stuff, digestives to like get them through eating what, the rich foods that they had just had. In the 1960s and 70s, the technique gets brought back into bartending and cocktail making. Everyone starts to love the colorful layered shooters of the Irish flag cocktail, as well as the B-52 cocktails. I mean, not cocktails, but shots. I've had the Irish flag. Mm -hmm. I think I have had the B-52, and they are very cool. I love watching bartenders make it. They're just so... I love when people layer it in the shaker, and then they pour it in all the different Mm -hmm. shots, and they turn out different colors, like... Layering is amazing. If you do it right, it is 
fucking magic. It's true. I mean, people just get off on it. There are these fun, the vivid shots. Everyone thinks it's so incredible and it makes it off into like advanced bartending skills. And really just to understand how you do it though, it's just understanding gravity and the density that is in the juices and the mixes and the spirits. And that's how it's to be done. If you can understand the density of each of those components, you can, anyone can do a layering. Now, this is a very simple one. I chose a very, really easy Malibu sunset to kind of give it that sunset look. For the example, the grenadine is actually one of the highest density of liquids. And that's why it sinks straight to the bottom. That and makes that's sense because it's, it's a syrup. Exactly. So, and, and to give you a perspective, the gravity density is 1.18, which I'm going to give you a couple here. And that is the highest density that you're going to hear tonight. So just know if you really just start off with grenadine because it always will give you that striking red hue at the very bottom of the drink. I also loved it because then you have the cranberry, which mixes really well with the red. And a cranberry also has a, not as thick density, obviously, as a syrup, but it goes down to the bottom and then the orange which the orange and the cranberry should have started already blending together in your drink do you see that mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm. it gives it that really beautiful light orangish cool ombre uh, yeah it's gorgeous and the intermingling of those two creates just this great effect right in the middle and then your of course rum which is one of the lightest spirits that there is is going to float all the way to the top i believe it's the the lightest of gravity at 0.95 and it floats right to the top. That's why people, when they do the flaming Dr. Pepper and they light it on fire, that's that light rum on top. And that's how they're able to get that 151. effect. 151. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because rums do usually have, not usually, but a lot of times have the floating rum on the top. That makes so much sense. I never even thought about the density of all the different spirits that's so right you just blew my mind that's crazy it adds just like again it, i mean i'm not i'm not saying that it's not a very it's a very skilled technique obviously bartenders have mastered it for sure but it's just again understanding those components and that's what makes it so easy and so accessible but a really great trick to pull out at the bar you're like oh hey i can do this yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the higher the proof of your liquor the lighter the liquor is going to be so it's always going to float to the top Ooh. so just know that I do know that now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Of course. And and any base distilled spirits that contain no sugar, like gin and whiskey, those as well, they're going to be pretty light. That's why whiskey they floats, like whiskey. They put them on the top. You are so, mm-hmm. oh my God, none of this even ever clicked in my head ever. That's crazy. So yeah, so if you guys want to pull off some really cool, fun drinks, this one, you can pull out all the stops for it. If you want to substitute other types of citrus juices of some kind in it you can definitely just layer it up just make sure you know the density levels and you can make any layered drink wow a oh, pousse cafe a pousse cafe wow bitch <laughs> that you got me you got me that was a good one i'm glad i'm li- I, i've had really a lot of fun thinking about this drink this week because i wanted to do something that was california themed because i love california and i remember when i was moving from florida where the sun rises and i was moving to the pacific where the sun sets one of my favorite first things i did was at monterey beach i sat there and i watched the sunset and it was the most glorious thing i could lay my eyes on that is and- insane because i <laughs> As a Californian, it's something I don't mm-hmm. think about because we always 
the sun always sets here. And so you're yeah. always like, oh, yeah, we were in that sweet spot where the sunset is so beautiful and you can literally watch it sink into the ocean. It's so cool. Yeah. It is so, it's so cool. beautiful. And so I just really wanted to integrate that kind of style because that's one of the things I love most. And like with with Bodhi and his Zen-like master spiritual guidance of like the water. Do you even know what it really means? <laughs> the water, you know? Have you learned that yet? <laughs> that's You definitely get that while you're looking at the California sunset. So cheers with a Malibu sunrise. Cheers. I mean, sunset, sorry. Sunset, cheers. <laughs> cheers. And you know, Malibu does make me think of California only because, you know, it was one of the first spirits that I drank a lot of, like, when I was young, besides vodka, which is cheap and always around. But Malibu <laughs> was another one that's like... It just reminds me. I mean, obviously, I'm sure kids all over the world and country drink Malibu when they're like 18, 19 years old. It's but, some of the easiest spirits, right? Yeah, to just it is, start sipping on. It is. You can just drink it on the rocks and still feel. And, and I love the smell because it kind of smells like sunblock. Like, it's just so weird. <laughs> I love it. I love that, though. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So, yeah, th- uh. there's so many different flavors of Malibu, too, so. There is. Experiment with those, you guys. I haven't tasted one I do not like yet. So, all right. Thank you for the history on uh, layering or Cafe Puso or Puso Cafe. Puso Cafe. (laughs) Okay. So fun. All right. Well, girl, I'm ready. (gasps) Oh my God. I've been waiting. Like, I am ready. (laughs) For the motherfucking drinking game. Yes. Yes. All right. Lenny style. Lenny style. You guys, she let me out. out. She she let me out. out, out. She let me do the drinking game. (laughs) Yes, because this is her movie. This This is her boo-boo her bae. And I like to have one less thing to do every week. So, you know. If she, whenever she takes it over, I'm like happy for it. So whenever I'm like, hey Z, can I do the motherfucking drinking game? Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch, take it. (laughs) And I was very excited that she was down to let me do this one because I love this movie. I love this fucking movie. Who doesn't? (laughs) So here we go. Get your drink, everyone. Grab your drink. I got my Malibu sunset. You gonna take a sip? Taking that sip. When someone says. A nickname for Johnny Utah. With some blue flamer Quantico cat. Some quarterback punk. Johnny Unitas or something. Punk. Quarterback punk. Hmm. Welcome to SeaWorld, kid. A nickname for Johnny Utah. Okay. The kid. Mm-hmm. Blue flame. Ace. Punk. Hey, you're a real blue flame special, aren't you, son? Young, dumb, and full of cum. Young, dumb, full of cum. cum? Yep. Mr. Wizard, quarterback, you name it. Whenever someone says other than Utah, because that one was too common. I wanted it to be his nickname. Okay, I like that because I would have definitely said Johnny Utah or Utah because they say it all the motherfucking time. All the time. And I think it's hilarious, but you're right. Oh, yeah, you're the quarterback. I'm sorry, man. Like, you Yeah. Know, they're about to whoop and his he, ass. <laughs> they were about to whoop his ass. Don't you know that's a little extreme? Kinda. He was chasing him down, but uh, I mean, I understand. That was some serious shit. We'll talk. We'll talk. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So yeah, whenever they do Johnny Utah's nickname, take a sip. 
Young, dumb, and gonna... full of cum. I love that one. Honestly, it's so good. That's, I mean, when that's when probably the most Busey, quoted line in this movie. Yeah, when you go see Busey and he's talking about when he's about to go diving for bricks. <laughs> Again, he like calls him out on it. Like, he, it's just too funny. It, just enjoy that one because it's really fun to hear everyone make fun of Johnny Utah the entire film. Like, it never stops either. Never. Yeah, never stops. So you're gonna take a sip. Taking that sip. When there is a slow motion sequence. Ooh. Yeah. So we're talking like when the waves are going and everyone's surfing and they've got that whale song going in the background. Take a sip. Those chase scenes, like the on foot chasing and it's the slow-mo when they're jumping off the wall and they're landing. Take a sip. And then like when Pappas gets shot at the airfield at the end and it's like slow-mo like oh yeah he turns around and shoots yep there's a lot of slow-mo parts so keep an eye out that's because it's the 90s dude i know they realized slow motion was so cool you could do any taking a dump in slow motion looks cool so like (laughs) (laughs) when you can you can especially after lethal weapon times like they're Mm -hmm. like we need to slow motion some shit Slow-mo, baby. Slow-mo. So, yeah, take a sip. So, you're going to take a sip. Samping. When Pappas shows off a cool, new, fancy, festive shirt. Because he's got them. (laughs) He does. He's got that style. He's so good. He never shows up in any kind of professional wear. He works for the fucking FBI. He works for the FBI, and he never looks professional. He's always wearing a cool shirt. Scooby! Uh, have you seen my dog? I got a little dog I'm missing. It's a cockapoo like thing. He's got his nose. About your fucking dog. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And he's like buttoning up. <laughs> Scooby, have you seen my dog, little cockapoo? Cock-a- no, no one cares about your damn dog. <laughs> he's like buttoning up his shirt because he put a wire on. That was weird. Seriously? Okay, <laughs> look, he doesn't have to because he's chasing bank robbers. And you know what the first thing a bank robber's looking for? A cop. And you know what a cop wears? A motherfucking suit. So, true. if he just looks like he's, he's wearing, real. like, a Hawaiian shirt and he looks like a bum walking around the beach, hey, girl, he blends the right fuck in with everybody else. No one goes to the beach in a suit. Nope. He runs up. He's like, do you see a kid? He stole my stereo. Did you guys see a kid run through here with a car stereo? He stole it from me. No, but uh, there's four guys back there you might want to check out. Oh, thanks, buddy. He said, uh, no, but there's a couple guys back there you might want to <laughs> check out. He's like, all right, thanks. thanks. <laughs> He's like, you, you like, like to start trouble. Shit. <laughs> you like to start shit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. All right, so then you're going to take a sip. I like it. So you're going to take a sip when someone throws out a little bit of surfing lingo. I was hoping you were going to say this. He's like, oh. miss something, brah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, miss something, brah? Or like, cut my first tube today, sir? Oh, yeah, because he's like, you got anything good to say to me? <laughs> Now, for Christ's sake, does either one of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? Caught my first tube this morning, sir. I cut my first cut. tube today, sir. <laughs> sir? Fucking, yeah. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Uh, what's this pig board piece of shit? Like, <laughs> this pig board piece of shit. Yeah, A what was board? this fucking board? 
He looked like Aaron, that the, kid must have been fucking with him when he bought when he walks into that surf shop and the kid's like, yeah, you can buy that board. You'll be cool out there. No, no nobody thinks you look cool with that. This board. kid's dumb. What you do with someone like that? You upsell them to the most expensive thing because you know they probably ain't ever gonna be able to use it. They're not gonna be. But you got their money, and <laughs> you gave him the most punk ass. I mean, even I would be, like, tempted to not get it. Like, even if it was the cheapest one and I just needed I would still be like, I don't know. This is rainbow-ass board. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, any single time someone sur- throws out a surfing lingo, go ahead and take a sip. Okay. You're going to take a sip. Samping. When Keanu shouts out, FBI agent. FBI, I'm with the FBI. FBI agent. He says it so many times in this movie. And he's supposed to be undercover. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're really not supposed to be telling people all the time that you're in the FBI, but he does it all the time. I also think it's crazy that he's going undercover and he uses his real name exactly. like obviously you can't do that today because someone could google that shit and then they would just have pictures of you at the police academy and shit like so well i think he also has to because he's somewhat famous like he is a college ohio state quarterback that's true so but if you were to use a fake to name and someone's like mm, you look like that quarterback oh no that, that was somebody else mm, then your cover's already blown i don't know i'm just saying i have been watching the raiders my entire life and if you're not the quarterback or the coach, you could sit next to me on a fucking bus and I wouldn't know you were a fucking... I would just hit on you because you're a hot big dude. <laughs> but, like, other than that, like, I wouldn't know. So that's why I would be like, how would you fucking know who this kid is? <laughs> you know? But my favorite part, my favorite time he says it is when they kidnap him, basically, yeah. and take him to the robbery. And he's like, the jig is up, man. I'm an FBI agent. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. I know, man. Isn't it wild? And he goes, I know, ain't it crazy? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> like, and We're here. Patrick, Sway- <laughs> Patrick Swayze's face is just like, dude, this is wild. <laughs> I love that part. I love that part. So go ahead and take a sip. Okay. Love it. All right. You gonna take a sip. Taking that sip. When someone says X presidents Ooh, their little code their crew during which time the ex-presidents have robbed two more banks super sexy ex-presidents i am not a crook i'm not a crook (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love that they go all by their their math names and they Mm -hmm. even kind of do the voices of the people which i think is hilarious how you doing dick just implementing our own personal plan of deregulation, Mr. President. It's hilarious. What? It's committing to the character it that is. I really appreciate. Because that'd be like, so what did like <laughs> Nixon like sound like? And you'd be like, like fucking Nixon, okay? That's what he sounded like. It sounded yeah, like he exactly. was doing an impression of Nixon. So I don't know what his voice is. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, if me and you are bank robbers, what's our president mouse going to be? What would you pick? Uh, I would probably pick Bush. I could do a Texan accent. I like that. I'll just call you W. Yeah, call me W. (laughs) Who would you be? I would be Obama because it would just match my skin tone. I can't get with you. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be Obama because he's just a... a, He's a good president. He's a good president. But I would try to (laughs) talk like him. And I would be like, hands up, everybody. 
uh, I'm robbing this bank. <laughs> That's my best Obama. <laughs> All right, Obama. Well, we got to go. <laughs> All right, W. Thank you, guys. Uh, for your patience. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you see some bank robbers out there that look like George W. Bush and Obama, don't think anything Fuck. of it. It's just, not us. We just blew our cover. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It wasn't us. Exactly. We weren't going to make it. No. We weren't going to make it anyway. We were never going to make it to Australia. <laughs> so, yeah. So any single time someone says ex-presidents, and it happens a lot, yep. take a sip. Okay. And then you go, take a sip. Sip it. When Bodhi gives any Zen wisdom. God. This fucking surfing hippie ass. That's so funny. Yeah, surfing. Man. It's the way of life. It's the wild ride. Oh, I like where it's he's like. It's the ultimate. He's like. It's the ultimate high. Some people snort it. 100% pure adrenaline. Other guys snort for it, jab a vein for it, and all you gotta do is jump. Some people shoot it in their veins. All you gotta do is jump. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So true. It's so true. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. I personally love that. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's not a tragedy if you die doing what you love. No. It's like that dude. <laughs> uh, it's like the, in real life, this dude went and he like lived in the forest with like bears, like big ass grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would go like every summer for like 15 years, some bullshit like that. And he'd get like close to them and it was cool. But, like, one time he stayed longer than he should stay because it was getting close to hibernation time. And they fucking ripped his ass up. But he died doing what he loved, being with the motherfucking bears. So you can't be mad. You know, he went out, like, doing what he loved. Yeah. Fucking around with grizzly bears. can't be mad. That was probably a bad example, but that's only what I No, it's, it's beautiful. It's really, truly, it's really beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So take a sip when you die doing what you love. <laughs> You know, getting eaten by a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're going to finish your drink. First time. First time finishing. When Utah and Bodie ride the wave together. Ooh. Mm. And that late night, ooh, when they get in those sexy ass wetsuits, it's yeah. like the moon is up and everyone's just yeah. like having a ball. He's like, you're surfing, man. I like it. Mm. I love being out in the water, but you know what I don't fucks with? Being out in the water at night. And (laughs) you could not pay me a million dollars. Even if we were doing this for the movie, I'd be like, I don't know, you guys. Like, I don't know. I love a moonlight. I love love a moonlight swim. I love a moonlight swim in a pool. uh, Maybe a, a lake. Where's the danger? But you know what I don't fucks with? Big ass swells in the middle of the night. That's what I don't fucks with. But that's just because it's me. I love the water. I love the ocean. But I'm also terrified and respect the shit out of it. So (laughs) I keep it like that. There you go. I'm down. I'm always down. You going to finish your drink. Mm, Finish. When Keanu shoots his gun up in the air and says, (laughs) 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 (laughs)
He's like, yeah, you know, you got away. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they stare at each other and they see it and he looks at him and they both know why he's not shooting him. Oh, At least shoot him bad. in the leg, dude. At least shoot him. He would have fell off the fence. You could have got him and got him. Like, <laughs> shoot the motherfucker in the leg. If you're that good. Torn. I still think he was torn. He, he wasn't ready to turn him in yet. Like, it wasn't until the ex-presidents die that I, I really feel like he's like, you got to go down, man. You made promises and you hurt people. People and die. Now man. you got to go down. Yeah. yeah. So last time you're going to finish your drink. Finish that drink. When Johnny Utah is walking on the beach and the Australian police officer is just like, don't worry, we'll get him when he comes back in. I can't do an Australian accent. I don't know what the fuck that, <laughs> that was. wasn't too bad. Keep going. We'll get him when he comes back in. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. See? And then the music comes on, <laughs> and, he and he throws, throws his badge into the water. <laughs> into the water. <laughs> Finish your drink. My question to you is: Yeah, does Bodie get out of the water? Does he die? Did he, he swim off somewhere? I don't think he died. I think that he really did get out of there. He's smart enough. It was rainy. It was big. I think that he could get out of there. I know we saw him like crash into a wave, but I think that was yeah. all, a, all a thing, a ploy. I think he's still alive and he's out there. I think it's the epic release. I think that he he knew what he did was wrong and spiritually he couldn't live with himself anymore. And he knew he couldn't live in a cage in a jail cell, so... If he knew it was his only way out. And he even says it. It's like a foreshadowing. When I, It's not wrong to die doing what you love. He foreshadowed it. It's this. It's in this same conversation when the young kid, Nathaniel, says, I'm going to die before I'm 30. Before I'm 30. And he did. Yeah. You're going to die so before I, 30 days from now, bruh. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, but true. So I think that that's the, a really nice foreshadowing. Bigelow said in an interview she's like no that was the intention is to have him die because her and cameron rewrote that ending uh, because that wasn't the original ending they wanted him to go out that way nah he's still alive i don't care what the fuck they say (laughs) i know you guys produced and directed and rewrote some shit but you know what i say the motherfucker swum off to new zealand and he's sitting over there fucking i don't think they have extradition either so he's sitting over there chilling like a motherfucker where am i gonna go man Cliffs on both sides. I'm not gonna paddle to New Zealand. What am I gonna do? Paddle all the way to New Zealand? Yeah, I think that you could because you live in the water. You skydive. Like, so you know how to, like, hold your breath, how to not panic underwater. Okay. I'm just saying, I know what the, the, the bosses say, but as a fan, that motherfucker's in New Zealand fucking bitches and drinking. She's got hope, people. She's got hope. Bodie's still alive. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard with this movie to not cheer for the bad guys. I usually do cheer for the bad guys, to be real with you. Mm-hmm. As long as they're sticking it to the man and they're not just, like, murdering people. That's when I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, bitch, you need to go down. But if you're just, like, stealing money from a bank, and selling no offense, drugs, it, I'm for you. Like, let's do this. That what makes awful. me sick is that they do this. They they do 28 banks in three years. And in that entire time, not one person gets shot and not one person dies. And then the FBI finally starts to try to catch them. And then there's a bunch of killing. Like And, and it's not just involved in the bank. Like They kill outside other civilians. I mean, yes, they were meth head gang members. But still, other people just start dying as well. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, it, it's messed up. It's I mean, messed up that they couldn't find a peaceful way to bring justice 
of some kind, quote unquote. I don't know. I mean, it's something crazy like 300 bank robberies happen a year in the States. So, yeah, there are bodies out there. I mean, it has been decreasing ever since, you know, banks have become way more technically advanced. So it's not as common. But I mean, like, I think that the majority of bank robbers do what Bodie and them do. They just go for the drawers. They don't go for the vault. The vault. So It's true. Do you have any add-ons that you would like to the drinking game? Anything Um, I missed? Every time Bodie shows up at Utah's house. Where he'd just be knocking oh. on the door. Doo, doo, doo. He's like, come on, dude, the swells are big. And she looks at him and he's like, hey, five foot walls and zeros, let's go. Hey, Tyler. Hey, buddy. So let's go. Time's wasted. Now. He does this. He does this. Like, <laughs> you know, this is norm to be woken up by this motherfucker. Because, you know, surfers, real surfers, they get out there super early because they want to be away from, you know, the family, the kids, the amateurs, the biggest, a lot of big waves come in the morning. So those those type of surfers are the the diehard fans. And so that totally makes sense. So I that's the only thing I would add because I think that is very telling even when he shows up after he knows that they know like i wouldn't go anywhere with you after i know that you know who i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and for him to believe that he wasn't identified is just silly dude they didn't shoot you because they saw who you were (laughs) yeah exactly all right so that is the motherfucking drinking game game. yes yes beautiful applause all around I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so, um, are you ready for the stats? Stats, stats, stats. Give me those stats, stats, stats. I want those stats, stats, stats. Blow me those stats, stats, stats. I'm making a rain on her. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, I like that. I know you like that. So there you go. Um, Where's that money gun at? Where's that money gun at? I want to be money gun so bad. I'll even put fake money in it. Monopoly money. Money with your face on it. With your own face. So, Point Break, girls, it dropped July 12th, 1991, baby. So they made a nice summer hit for all the servers who were taking a break from the Point Break to go see the Point Break. So I did not go to the movies to see this. It definitely was on TNT or HBO or something growing up. And that's where I watched it. Did you Did you go to the movies to see this or anything? I was not able to go see this in theaters. Yeah, we were little babies. So, so the budget for this movie was $24 million. Nice. So a, a nice little change for putting this movie together. And if you translate that into 2021 money, that would be over $46 million. So Beautiful. Yeah. In that time, in the 20 years since this movie has been out, it, that money has like doubled. So that's pretty Doubled cool. budget. Doubled budget. Yeah. And it made $43 million. So, yeah, it did double its money on in the theater in 91. But if you translate that into 2021 money, that would be over $83 million. So this movie did pretty good for itself and it spawned off a huge cult following along with it. So Rotten Tomatoes. 
we got the critics. 70%. I can see the critics giving it 70%. It is not the best action movie, the best acting, the best... But it is a great ride, a nice roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, critics, they be judging shit real hard. Yeah, they always do. So the audience, they're at 79%, which I still think is kind of low, but it has its what? following of the people. Fuck? That's what I'm saying. This has like a huge cult following <laughs> it and it only gets 79%. Are you fucking kidding me? You guys it's a aren't, classic. You guys aren't Rotten Tomato in. I don't know what to tell y'all. Do your shit. Yeah. Bullshit. Every week I'm voting. Every week. <laughs> she votes. I'll be voting. I know. I should get a sticker every week saying I voted on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That'd be cute if they gave out stickers. Rotten Tomato, like get splat, on that. A splat tomato on you. Or at least or like the or the green splat. Yeah. I want I want the filter of it. If you can't send me a sticker, you get the Snapchat filter for twenty four hours. Alright. So what's the ZZ Fresh? The ZZ Fresh is going to be 89%. I think this movie is great. I think that the surf sequences are great. I like the casting. I think that this is Keanu starting to come into his own, especially as being in like a 90s action star. His acting talent has come so far in the 20 years since this movie has come out. So I do chop it up to him being young. Patrick Swayze, though, perfect in every sense of the word. He embodies Brody. He makes you believe in surfing and literally that hair girl (laughs) that hair girl oh that hair is so great i just want to rub my fingers through it and give him a nice braid because he just his hair is so beautiful (laughs) i love that really want to really want to do my hair like i was thinking i would rock that cut that would look so cute on me yeah I, i mean i've never done bangs before but i think he looks gorgeous i think you would look gorgeous and that is my zz fresh Nice. Well, my little Lenny Zest, 92%. Okay. Not a big surprise there, you guys. I love this movie. I'm obsessed with this movie. Again, great casting. Love the action-packed, thrill, crime. A little predictable on who it's going to be. They wouldn't put Patrick Swayze in as, like, a supporting role actor. So you kind of know at that point. Plus, I mean, he tries to throw you off with this, like, weird British Reagan type of voice. Yeah, what is that? Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are the ex- presidents and we need just a few moments of your time but you're like no it's patrick swayze <laughs> i think i just want to take a moment of your time yeah honestly it's just it's a bad british accent yeah and i think he was just trying to mask his voice a little bit but not making too much of a deal of it but the corniness kind of pulls away from the film a little bit the predictability but in all it was in its time so great you've got the 90s when really exciting hardcore thrill ride type of sports is really a great film and it's captivating and it's awesome these two gentlemen are really in their prime i mean this is right after ghost he patrick swayze has just done ghost and he's just like living on this high of great 90s films and keanu's pretty much like this is the third major studio picture that he's done and he's coming into his own as well and Patrick Swayze even can attest to the fact that he's like this kid's going somewhere but yeah I love this movie and they're gorgeous everyone's hot I mean Lori Petty dressing underneath a towel I'm like hello one that is such a hot scene I love the way it filmed it cinematographer applauds I mean, there was great scenes, and I know we picked, like, the most easiest shot, but it was very tastefully and really cool focus on 
her changing, which is really creepy because, like, he's, like, hiding behind a car, fucking peeping <laughs> on her with binoculars. Like, what the fuck? I walked down. If I walked down the street to go to the beach and I saw this Keanu dude hanging out of the car, fucking binoculars in hand, watching a girl across the street change. That's what I would do. Are you kidding me? Then, That's what I would do. If I saw Keanu Reeves with some binoculars, I'd be like, hey. <laughs> Look at these headlights. Are you talking about like as you're passing by or if you're changing? If I'm changing. Oh. See, like, Hello. But it's Keanu, so like I'm not even upset about it. I love her little outfit with her little crop top, like little floor top that and I need. Yeah, Cut off jean shorts. Cute ass like, little yeah. convertible. Like she on her way. Living the motherfucking dream. Living the dream. She doesn't really like water either. She does not like going. She had never. She had never really gone into the ocean before this movie. I did. Did you read that? I did read that she had never been in the ocean ever, which is mind boggling to people such as me and Lenny, who have literally probably been in the ocean every year of our lives. Every every (laughs) month of my life. I go into the ocean. I'm just saying, like, in the scope of our lives, every year of our life, we have been in the ocean. And that's just, that's just just how we live. How we live. I don't know where she's from. Maybe she's like in the middle of nowhere (laughs) where there is no oceans. I mean, but you live in California. There's no excuse. (laughs) If she moved to California, she came to be on her grind, bitch. She didn't come to be uh, lounging at the beach like me and you would just because it's our most happiest place in the world. Yeah. I mean, she was born in Tennessee, so I guess. Yeah, they they ain't got no beaches. (laughs) But 92%, I mean, the stunts alone give it enough for me because most of it is all the actors. We'll get into it in a little bit, but the stunts are incredible. The fight scenes are incredible. The filming is just wonderful. So 92%. Yep. Hang 10, bro. Hang 10, bro. This, (laughs) This movie just does it for me. I can always watch it. I had not watched this in a very long time. Probably since like 2009-ish, because I'm pretty sure I watched it with you. Yes. This is when you lived in the sunset, and I think I was just over, and you're like, we're watching this, and I'm like, okay. So I haven't watched it <laughs> in like at least 10 years, so it's been a long time. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, all right, cool. I haven't watched this movie in a cool, in a cool last minute. <laughs> Well, thank you for watching it for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then, you know, again this week. And here we are. It's not like I hate it. When we thought about Keanu, I I was like, a point break. Let's get some young Keanu. I know. Well, it's going to either be this or speed. I really want to do the Matrix, but I think we should do the Matrix. Like, I want to do a sci-fi month. And that will definitely be the Matrix for sure. Okay. But I mean, I'm down for any of the John Wickies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's action month. That'll yeah. be like a thrill ride. Call it kick-ass yeah. month. Ooh. People kicking ass. Taking names. Taking names. <laughs> Look <Jinx>. at us. <laughs> you owe me a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, those are the motherfucking stats. Stats, stats, stats. Give me those stats, stats, stats. All right. So, are you ready for AKAs, girl? Let's do them. So, AKA, so also known as, or the title of Point Break, Around the World. Around the World, around the world. Around the world, around, around the, the world. world. Yep. So, grab your Malibu sunset and hop on a jet 
and fly with me on our travels around the world. So if you go to Argentina, this movie is known as Limit Point. Limit Point. I like it. Yeah, because they're pushing it to the limit, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You got to know your limit point. (laughs) You got to know your limit point, Z. You got to low your limit point. Um, Low? You got to low your limit point? You got a lot of already. I am so I am so drunk right now. I have been drinking mimosas for the past like two hours prior to this, so <laughs> I came in on a good one. So <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking heavily. Okay, so if we go limit, yeah, limit point, limit point. <laughs> so if you go to Austria, where I'll know this from, <laughs> it would be dangerous surf. It's dangerous. dangerous. It's dangerous. Okay, so we do have to remember that not everywhere in the world people surf. Not everywhere. So, have you ever been on a board? I was wondering that earlier. Have you ever been on a board? I have not, and I feel like that's the one thing that I'm missing to be a completely full SoCal girl. Because mm-hmm. I've done and been everywhere that you could possibly want to go pretty much in California, and... That's the one thing I haven't done. So I have always wanted to. I don't want to do it by myself. So when you come out here, let's go. Have you gone? Have you been on a board? I have. I've definitely, I learned in my last year of high school and my senior year, a friend of mine, Kyle, he would take me surfing. He had a really cool Rasta board with a Bob Marley illustration on the back of it. It was so cool. And then, um, did a little bit in college in Jacksonville because the waves were pretty low, so it was pretty easy. Skimboarding I would also do, but surfing out there. And then I didn't do any in San Francisco because it was the water was, it was so, so cold. cold. Yeah, it's so cold up there. I have hung around and been friends with many of surfers. Mm-hmm. And I watched them surf and, you know, hung around and know all the, the shit, I guess. But I've just never mm-hmm. done it. We should go. Next, it's so much fun. Uh, yeah, next summer we're fucking... 2022 surfing to you let's do it baby let's do it okay so if we went to brazil it would be called emotion hunters now that one i don't i don't i i you don't i don't know where that one comes from has zero to do with water i mean i guess Bodie's like really emotional because it's just like, but also Johnny's emotional because he likes his bitch and he doesn't want to turn in his new surfing buddies because they think he's super cool. <laughs> it is a lot of emotion. It is a lot of emotion. That's that's all I'm chopping up. But Brazil, no, that's that is totally Brazilian. It's just having a lot of feeling, and I get it. But don't they surf in it. Brazil? Yeah, for sure. So they should have some. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's the motion emotion of the wave, baby. Ooh. Oh, maybe that is. That's what they're talking about. Okay, I like that. <laughs> okay, so if you went to if you went to Bulgaria. <gasps> I love Bulgaria. They usually have pretty good ones. It'd be called Critical Point. <laughs> yes. And I like that one. I think that one that one works. Yeah, I think it works. That one definitely works. Everything's at the critical point. This is the critical point. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Critical point. All right. So if it's better than limit point. Yeah. Limit point. Okay. So if we went to France, we, 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 then it will be called extreme limit. <laughs> Another limit. Wait, isn't that an actual, isn't that an actual movie? 
Well, in France, it's called, well, it's called Point Break Extreme Limit. Oh, okay. So, if we went to Chile, it'd be called Breaking Point, which I can, I can see that. Point Break, mm-hmm. Breaking Point, you know, yes. There was quite a few other countries that also had that as a title. I dig it. So, if you went to Croatia, <gasps> this movie would be called... Hell's Wave. That's a good one. I kind of like that one. Ooh, that's a good one. I got chills. I think that's definitely talking about the last wave in the movie that takes Brody to safety in New Zealand. (laughs) I just don't like thinking of Patrick Swayze dead because in real life he is dead and I don't want him to die ever. So it's just maybe that's why. But as a kid, I always thought he got away too. I was like, he didn't die, bitch. This guy is off somewhere. (laughs) I always had hope for him. He's not coming back. No one puts puts Patrick Swayze in a corner, bitch. Okay? <laughs> no not, one puts Swayze in the sea. In the, no one puts Swayze in the sea. Okay? Not even Keanu. Stop. Stop. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> wow. You guys heard it here first. If something happens to me, she killed me because I'm dead to her. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fucked up. Okay, so if we headed on over to Finland, this movie will be called Riders of the Storm, which I like. Are you, are you, what are you laughing at? Nobody puts Swayze in the sea. <laughs> it's true. And we're going to make t-shirts. That's going to write it down for our merch. <laughs> and it's gonna have like a picture of him for port break and you'd be like ooh <laughs> okay so if we went to Finland, Finland this movie would be called Riders of the Storm ooh I like that which I think is true and I think that that is like ooh Rider of the Storm Rider you know storm. Brody he's been waiting for this 50 year storm so he could be the rider mm-hmm. of it. He was the only one that would ride it. Everyone else was like, don't go out there, mate. It's death on a stick. Or whatever the fuck he says. Is that what he says? Death on a stick? <laughs> no one's been out. No one's going out. It's going to be fucking crazy, man. Death on a stick out there, mate. I didn't put subtitles on it, but I wanted to. I don't know if that's a real Aussie or not. It doesn't sound like a real Aussie, but it could be. They weren't in Australia. I'm sorry. They weren't. They weren't on Australian location, unfortunately. A deaf on a stack. All right. So, deaf on a stick out there, mate. So if we headed on over to Greece to visit your people. My people. In Greece, this is called At the Age of the Wave. Ooh. Which I kind of like that's, that. That's so poetic. It is very poetic. And I'd go see the Age of the Wave. I'd be like, what the fuck is this about? That's pretty. Mm-hmm. Greece. Greece. They're just such a poetic, beautiful people. All right. So if we went on our way to Hungary, they would call this deadlock. Deadlock. Can I get one ticket? We're at a deadlock. (laughs) Can I get one ticket to deadlock, please? Um, (laughs) Thank (laughs) y'all. I love it. Which I don't exactly. Is that a surfer term? I don't think I've ever heard of it. Not that I know of. Deadlock? Let us know, people. If you... Yeah. (laughs) Deadlock. I thought a deadlock was like when you're like when you're wrestling. I mean, there's a lot of dude wrestling in this, so I get that. Yeah. 
if we headed over to Japan, hey girls, this movie would be called Heart Blue. My heart is blue for you. One, Bodhi, his heart is blue because he loves the ocean so much. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Utah's heart is blue because he has to turn in his new cool friends. I don't know. I have no clue. But Japan, my heart is blue for you. So Japan gets it. Japan gets it. They know. They're on the other side of the Pacific. They get yeah. it. They actually probably know where, where Bodhi is. He's still alive, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and before this show is over, my plan is to convince you and everybody else out there that he's still alive. He's still alive. My plan is to even the people who wrote this to convince him. Oh, shit. That he's still alive. So. We still love. That's my that's my plea. So oh, yeah. if we went to Lithuania, this movie would be called On a Wave Ridge. On a Wave Rage. Ridge, like a ridge. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it's not the blockbuster that I would love, like no. the Riders of the Storm, but we there. But it, it's it's good. I get it. I hear it. It's not at the age of the wave, but it's good. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> so if we go to Portugal, this movie would be called Explosive Rupture, like a volcano, I guess. Like a volcano. Hawaii, even though they're not really in Hawaii, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Portugal, that's what's up. I kind of like it. Maybe not yeah. for this movie, though. <laughs> All right, so if we headed over to Mother Russia, this movie would be called On the Crest of a Wave, which I like that. On the Crest of a Wave. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You're just there. You're on the crest. You're on the crest of the wave. And so if we headed over to Spain, this one's probably my favorite one. It is called They Call Him Bodie. (gasps) Oh, I love that. Yeah. He deserves it. And that's, you know, what what uh, Taylor says. She was like, oh, yeah, they call him Brody. And, you know. That's Bodhi. They call him the Bodhisattva. Out there fucking chomping on these waves. So I love that one. Spain, you guys get the crown for Zenobia because I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Just, they should just call it, uh, they call him Patrick Swayze. I will watch it. Yeah. But in the U.S., before this movie got the title Point Break, had a couple of names that they went through. Okay. So it was Johnny Utah was one of them. So they would have named it after Keanu. Classic. I probably wouldn't go see. Like, it just sounds like, it kind of sounds like a Western movie. Like, if I didn't see it, it'd be like... Johnny Utah. And I would think he'd be like out there, like, you know, shooting Indians and rounding up cattle. I don't know. No, it's I good. wouldn't think that he was a surfer. No, not at all. And then they also had Riders of the Storm, which is oh, the same title that... as The Doors song. Mm-hmm. And that was also the name from another country. Okay. So in Finland, is the Riders of the Storm. And in yeah. the U.S., it was writers on the storm. Not so, uh, not like it matters, but yes. <laughs> but that was close. Uh-huh. I wonder if they knew that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So those are the AKAs, girls. I love it. I love the AKAs. <laughs> right? Pretty good. Pretty good. 
really good. Really I feel good. like the really last good. couple of weeks we haven't had some good ones, but this one, this one made me happy. I like it. No, I liked those a lot. Okay, so. Well, thank you, AKAs. Mm. So, do uh, you uh, want uh. to talk about our legendary fucking bomb ass bitch? Hello. Director. Director. Miss Catherine Ann Bigelow. Mm -hmm. She is quite a legend in her time. She is an accomplished female director for sure. She got into the business wanting to direct films. Wasn't, you know, something before that. She was and is an American film director, producer, and screenwriter. She actually did a huge service to all women everywhere and got the first nomination and first ever best director at the academy awards for the film the hurt locker the hurt locker she started her career doing a documentary actually a 20 minute deconstruction of violence and film documentary short which was really cool and that's how she got started that was all the way back in the early 1980s and she was, in fact, married to James Cameron uh, for a brief period. Who? He I've actually... never heard of this guy. Oh, who? No, James Cameron? You never I, heard of I him? I've never heard of this. You know what? He's not really that important. Like, he's you know, not he's in any of... record books or anything like that, right? No. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's that impressive. He <laughs> <laughs> only made a movie that we've already talked about, Titanic, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, James fucking Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> But James Cameron is also coined for uh, co-producing as well as co-writing the screenplay with the director, Bigelow. She loved this film. She put a lot of love and time into the film to make sure that it's great. I mean, she was on a boat when they were surfing. She had to be a part of it. She loved the fight scenes. She choreographed that whole running off foot scene. She choreographed that and did a very special cinematography style camera go with that scene she wanted to make sure that all the actors knew how to fight so she made sure that the stunt people and the fight choreography was with the real actors themselves i knew that patrick swayze was really into martial arts and tai chi and i'm wondering if this was the start for it for keanu reeves because he really gets into martial arts especially when he was doing the matrix films but i wonder if his start for it was the, the love for martial arts started with this film because I know that Catherine Bigelow, it was such a big deal for her to make sure that those were the actors fighting in the scenes. She puts a lot of love and focus into her films, for sure. I definitely think that this probably was the beginning. I mean, seeing yourself like be a badass on screen and running mm-hmm. slow motion and stuff puts the look in you where you're like, oh my God, like I could do this. And mm-hmm. being that he was so young at this point in his career that he can be great at this, that yeah. I, I think that it was something that kind of started there because you're right, he didn't mm-hmm. really have that before that, you know. She's done some great films, Near Dark, Point Break, uh, Strange Days. There's K-19, The Widowmaker. Of course, The Hurt Locker, which was a huge success. I mean, at Cannes Film Festival, I mean, it, it blew up. Um, Then there was Zero Dark Thirty. She also did Detroit. She's one of the most beautiful and influential filmmakers for, for women. This movie started off being in production in 1987 but they ended up losing the rights to the script and it had Mm -hmm. to be shelved it was going to be done with ridley scott and it was going to be done with ridley scott which i would be interested to see what that fucking would look like but around 1991 
James Cameron, you know, he's the shit coming off of movies like Terminator and Alien and 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 within the same year he's coming off of T two. Yeah, T two yeah. comes out that that uh ninety one. So he was shopping around looking for a script that him and his wife, then wife, could collaborate on and came across this point break script and he bought it for her and that's kinda how we got this movie, which thank you both of you guys for putting your guys's stamp of approval and your talent into this movie has lasted so long. I know. I imagine that this was like in the throes of their love and they just wanted to make movies and be this awesome power couple before they split up. I don't know, but it kind of feels like this was the nail in the coffin, like working on working together on a project, you know, going into (laughs) business with your spouse is, or any family member. It's like super hard to do, you know, it's just, and shortly after this movie was wrapped they filed for divorce so (laughs) well he did start having an affair with linda hamilton so yeah that as well that's why i'm saying i'm I'm pretty sure that was actually more of the problem yeah i mean i didn't want to throw him under the bus like that but (laughs) he did it so shit get hit by the bus man just saying no i think we actually did talk about that in titanic because they were together because then he left Linda Hamilton for Susie Amos. <laughs> yeah. So he has a, a thing. Um, yeah. But back to the queen. She yes. is super cool. Uh, one thing that she did on the set that I loved is that she kept weights all around for these hot shirtless tan motherfuckers to pump up in between scenes and shots she, to mm-hmm. keep their muscles looking tough and sexy and and whew, and all all the goody goods and uh she even allowed them to have wrestling matches in mm-hmm. between so that you know they can get all their testosterone out and she's like all right bitches go go back out there <laughs> i love it no but like she was serious about the training and the the physique that all of the actors needed to be in she wanted that to be epically present for this action film she had the guys and even Lori petty like that's why she actually hired Lori petty too because she saw Lori petty as not like a traditional skinny blonde beach babe in los angeles she wanted her because she was tough really well athletic build because she wanted it to be like those are real surfers out there. She wanted real surfers casted. She wanted the actors to be fighting in the scenes. Mm-hmm. That's like that's what she wanted. And she had the stunt choreographer and coordinator Glenn Wilder to train session like every single day they were training. That's she had those weights set up because she was she wanted them to stay physically fit for the whole entire and to have the muscles bulging through those tank tops (laughs) uh yeah so she like you said she had like stunt coordinators throw little fighting day camps for all the Mm -hmm. actors so that they would know the proper way to do things and so that they could choreograph their fight scenes and practice them so they feel real and no one gets hurt Everybody showed up to these except Anthony. Anthony Cadeus. Anthony Cadeus. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, that bitch was like on his rock and roll kick. And, you know, he's always been a slim dude. He never wears a shirt. And I've seen them perform live. And it was on my bucket list. It was one of the the coolest concerts I've seen. But he didn't show up. 
And so because he didn't show up, when it came to them doing the fight scene on the beach, that motherfucker gets knocked out first. This is where you tell me all about how locals rule and yuppie insects like me shouldn't be surfing the break and all that, right? <laughs> nope. That would be a waste of time. <laughs> because he wasn't there for everything. And they're like, bitch, I don't got time to teach you this shit. You should have came when I told you to come so you could have a cool fight scene. Now all your fans see you in here and you say some bullshit and we gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> Which is fun. I read I read his autobiography and I mean, he was an actor. He was pulling acting gigs way before he was even making music. So it was kind of his first nature, basically, because mm-hmm. his dad really wanted him to be film star. And it's just, I love that he gets shot in the foot. <laughs> yeah, and then he actually shoots himself in the foot. I love it. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> I know. It's such a great it's such a great character for him, honestly. But I'm sure we'll talk about her more. I would love to do I mean, I would love to do the Hurt Locker. When we do female directors, I think we should definitely pay tribute to her, although hoping that in she right now she is the only female holding an Academy Award for Best Director. We do have two ladies nominated this year of twenty twenty one for an Academy Award. So hopefully we'll be able to and one is the first person of color to ever get nominated. So this is really exciting. So hopefully we'll be talking more about her and going and enjoying more of her films. I agree. I agree, 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 agree. Okay, so I have a fun fact. Okay. So Johnny Utah. We can't think of anybody else but Keanu playing Johnny Utah. Yep. But before it was him... People up for the roles were Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Which I could have seen in, especially in 1991. But thank God it wasn't. But I'm kind of <laughs> glad that it wasn't. Yeah. We also had Val Kilmer. Which would have been really cool. I think the reason why that wouldn't work is because at that time, him and Swayze looked too close alike. Like, they looked too much alike. Okay. No? You think so? Um... I guess they have like, but they both have a very similar nose. Yeah, they have like a similar, you know, I think they would look too much alike. Uh, I respect that. That's just my opinion. No one said that, but that's just me. (laughs) Matthew Broderick. So Ferris Bueller himself, which I'm kind of glad it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't like him. He has that doughboy look. I don't know. Oh, you just can't imagine him like cut. Like a surfer cut, built like esque. I running and chasing after. I yeah, just I just can't him imagine him tough. That's that's yeah. where I I can see him. He's getting a dope cut. Boy. Yeah, I can see him getting like you know maybe especially if someone's like, look, we need you to be like fucking Thor all the time. Then I could see that, but I just don't see him as a tough guy. He's like a yeah. He's like a detective, not like a fucking yeah. He'd be guy. more of like detective homicide, not yeah. bank robberies. Yeah. I love that it was almost William Defoe. William Defoe. He turned down the role. The first film that Bigelow ever directed was The Loveless. Yeah. And it starred William Defoe. It was his very first theatrical studio film. So she offered him the part and he turned it down. That's an in- That would have been interesting. But I think William Defoe and Gary Busey would have been weird together. That would have been weird. Another person who was up for it was Johnny Depp. <sighs> But then we got 21 Jump Street. I could have definitely saw that. I think he would have pulled it off. I think he would have pulled it off. But he's not Keanu. He's not. But I think he would have pulled it off. And another person who read for the role was Patrick Swayze. Now, the majority of all of these that I named were done before Bigelow was even on for this movie. 
So mm-hmm. put that in mind. But when Patrick Swayze read for Johnny Utah and he read the whole script, he was like, <laughs> I don't want it. I want Bodie. So if you're going to do yeah. if you're going to give me something, give me Bodie because I totally can embody this way better. It's yeah, the- he definitely had the more spiritual vibe of Bodie than he would of of Johnny Utah. But uh, Bigelow said that once she saw Keanu, that's all she really wanted. And she fought for him to play it. So. We have to thank her for giving us Mr. Matrix himself. I'll thank her every day of my life. <laughs> every day of my life. So I think the time has come for you to give us some facts on your boo-boo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys, Keanu Reeves. Who? The beautiful Keanu Reeves. The most amazing, beautiful Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> He's Canadian, if people didn't know this. What are you talking about? He's even, it makes him even more amazing. <laughs> Born in Beirut. He's 56 years old and he's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Still. Mm-hmm. You might know him. I mean, maybe. He, like, you could see him around in like films like Youngblood, which was also starring Patrick Swayze. Yep. Or Bill and Ted, which is one of my favorites. Excellent. Why did we do that? <laughs> I mean, we should have definitely probably started off with that one, but... Mm. I think this is good one. I love Bill and Ted. It's one of my favorite movies. I even have it quoted in my Instagram. But this movie is just so effing good. And it's a cult classic. We had to do this one. Yeah. Then there's like my own private Idaho. He's in Speed. The Devil's Advocate. God, I fucking love that one with Al Pacino. And then, of course, he's done The Matrix, all three. And going to be in the fourth. He was in Constantine, John Wick. He's in a fucking rock band called Dog Star, where he plays the bass. (laughs) He's so cool. He's also in Dracula. He was in Parenthood. He was in Parenthood. He was in Dangerous Liaisons, which is oh, such a good movie if you haven't seen it. The Replacements. Um, and then he was in The Replacements. Before all of that, though, all of that, he was in a made-for-TV movie called Babes in Toyland, starring also Drew Barrymore. I grew up watching this movie. That was probably the very first thing I ever saw him in, and I was obsessed with him. He was Jack. <laughs> I feel like I... Yeah. Hold on, hold You've on. You've never seen it? It's a Christmas-themed film. No, Babes I have Toyland. definitely seen Babes in Toyland. There's quite a few different versions of this movie. Like, But yes, I don't yes, think yes. I've ever seen this one. This is not the one I grew up on. <laughs> this is the one that I grew up on? Because, well, I mean, it was pretty popular. Drew Barrymore... It, it, was, a, it was a Drew Barrymore-esque film, and then this was his first ever, like, made... It's a made-for-TV movie. Wow. And he's so freaking cute in it. <laughs> So that's when I first got introduced to Keanu Reeves. And then I saw him in uh, Point Break. And then I saw him in Speed. And that was just like, wah! <laughs> well, then, and of course, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted and George Carlin. That was that was like a whole thing <sighs> yes. for me for a long time. Definitely. He's an amazing, incredible, beautiful actor. He has directed, actually, and starred in A Man of Tai Chi in 2013. Was his very first directorial directorial debut. And as we had discussed, martial arts has become a huge passion for him Mm -hmm. because he is such a huge action star. And he's always having to train and harness the martial arts and know all of these wonderful combat techniques that he dedicated a whole film to it. He is known in Hollywood as one of the most incredible people to work with. He's so well-respected. He's such a gentleman. I want to hear nice things about people who worked with him or just met him, that he is Mm -hmm. super cool. That's why I 
love him in Always Be My Maybe, where he plays himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she, like, dates him, and he's, like, super weird, but, like, funny. Like, And they... <laughs> Yeah. They go into the, everyone has to wear the headphones and no one can like talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, and he's so just, it, it's so weird, but like, it's so weird. I, love I don't him. think that's actually who he really is. No, just oh God, no. The persona of who people think he is. Which is hilarious. I thought it was just, it was just a surprise to see him in there. You're like, what the fuck? Keanu, you're just, you're Keanu. You're not even playing anybody. Yeah. And then obviously he was in Toy Story 4. Duke As Kaboom. Because nobody can crash like Duke Kaboom. Nobody can crash. And then, yeah, we also had the Bill and Ted face the music. Did you like that one? Yeah, I did. I really did. I liked it. It was too. a really nice completion to the series. I'm down if you had another one and it's like whatever the daughters' names. I would be names. mad. With the daughters. They were fucking awesome. Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they were amazing. And I kind of love it, too, because you get a little bit of... Because this, this movie comes a little bit after Bill and Ted. So you kind of still get to see him, like, killer surf wave, dude. Like, whenever he's, like, cutting... Oh, man, you had this, like, crazy bug in your hair. Oh, my God, bro, I got bro, you. I like, got you almost you. died. I like, you get to see life. a little bit of Theodore. You get yeah. to see a little bit of Theodore, and I love it. <laughs> Definitely. I always thought, as a child that this fucking dude was from like San Dimas he's from Southern California somewhere and he hangs out like he's a skateboarder and a surfer and you know that's what I just always thought just because of the way he talked like he has he definitely has to be from here this dude's nope. from the fucking great north he's from the great north <laughs> born in Beirut <laughs> But this is his first action film. Everything before that was kind of composed of like teenage films and art house films. He really got to shine in this movie. I feel like this really pushed off into him being considered a real serious actor. I agree. Because this is the extreme. The extreme. And a lot of critics were really hard on him in this film because they were afraid that he wouldn't be taken seriously as an actor going into this cop type of action film but he proved them wrong and he showed off that he can be a really great character and what's crazy is that uh, something that kind of aligns with his character of john in utah is that he actually was also a football star that blew out his knee that's not what i heard what did you hear that he was a hockey player and he blew out his knee not football oh, oh okay. which would make sense because he's canadian but mm. the only reason why i remember that is because there was another movie with him and Swayze in it where they were on a the hockey. Youngbloods. Yeah, it's a hockey. a hockey movie. It's so, Have you seen it? No. I'm, it's really good. I'm not a hockey. You know, that's just never... Unless it's Slapshot, that fucking movie's hilarious. But, like, everything else, not so much. Or Mighty Ducks, mm. which we've done on here. But, yeah. So, them doing that movie, that's where his, his skill set was, mm-hmm. was set. So, he's just a great athlete great actor great guy we will definitely do more movies of him because lenny is on the show and if i told her we couldn't do any more the show would be over so he will definitely be back we will talk more about him thank you keanu for all of your work even lending your name to a movie has nothing to do with you keanu which i fucking love with keem pill (laughs) tiffany addish (laughs) (laughs) about a cat named Keanu (laughs) I love it okay so the original script for this movie was not going to be surfing 
I know it's hard to believe, you guys. Like, there's no reason to, but it was going to be about skateboarding, mm. which makes sense because you know, skateboarding, surfing, Legend of Dogtown—they're all the you know they're they're interchangeable, weavable of the type of people that would be a surfer or skater could rob a bank. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't. Not that I don't like skateboarders because I spent all of my <laughs> preteens around <laughs> skateboarders. <laughs> I last time I was on a skateboard, I fucking twisted my ankle in front of Bluxum on fucking Emily's longboard, gotcha. going back and forth in the alleyway for like an hour. And as soon as I'm like, let me turn around and go back to the, I fucking fall and roll my ankle. And all of winter <laughs> break, I was like limping. It was awful. Anyway, so <laughs> so we could add a skateboarding movie instead of a surfing movie. How do you feel about that? Well, I know that Rick King, who originated the story idea of this, he got the idea of this film because he was in Los Angeles and he had just read an article based on that Los Angeles was, in fact, the number one bank robbery in all the nation. Uh, They had a record breaking, I think, of like over 1300 bank robberies in that that one year and just in Los Angeles alone. There's a lot of money and. When he, that day he went for a walk and he was living in Malibu. And when he went for a walk and he was walking around, he saw a bunch of surfers going at it. And he's like, that would be crazy if I wrote a story based on a bunch of surfers pulling off a bank heist. And then he introduced the idea of like there being an FBI agent involved and stuff. So that's, that's what I heard the origin of this story came from. I also heard that. And then he hired a screenwriter to write it. And this poor guy wasn't even, he got paid $6,000 to write this script and couldn't even afford to like live. So he was working like three different jobs while he was writing this script. And then they didn't even like it. So, so Bigelow and Cameron rewrote the script (laughs) based on the story idea. And that's how we got Point Break. But this movie itself has inspired so many different type of movies. The number one one that I would say that like this is point break but not surfing would be the Fast and the Furious. I mean, yeah. he is an agent who's trying to figure out and infiltrate this group of R.I.P. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah. So I definitely Yeah, he's trying to infiltrate the team the that's team doing and figure out what the fuck's going down. So and he also has a hard time like wanting to turn these people in, but not like, you know. So And then he ends up not. Yeah. See he learned he learned his lesson from point break. But he didn't leave he him joined... in a big ass wave and hoped he died. That's <laughs> he's in a... No, he joins the team. He joins the which team. Is what, which is what Johnny Utah should have done. That's why I'm saying Johnny Utah threw his badge, he quit, and he went in a boat and swooped up fucking Bodie off the coast. <laughs> Just stick Seriously, with me here, totally, people. I would have totally played that. Like, I would have been, if Johnny Utah, if they had, like, come at him and been like, you know, it, we know it was you. Like, we know. And you'd be like, whoa, you guys are the ex-presidents? I didn't realize. I was just going after some bums. I fucking love you guys. Wait a minute. Like. Whoa. I'll be a part of the crew. Where? They didn't even give him a mask. That's the fucked up part. No, I know. Okay, Mr. Carter. LBJ. Mr. Nixon. Well, sorry, Johnny. Looks like you don't get to be president. 
If you gave I me a mask, I would have I would have been maybe more willing to be about about it. But I would just sit I would just sit there with my gun held like this. So it's like I'm not pointing anything. It's just sitting flatly on my hands. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to shoot anybody. I'm not doing it. I am not a crook. <laughs> you want to move on to peace ways? Yes. Yeah. So Patrick. Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze is someone that we have already talked about on this show. We talked about Nobody him. puts Swayze in the sea. No one puts Swayze in the sea <laughs> except Linny when she picked this movie. <laughs> she did it. Yes, we did Dirty Dancing because no one puts Patrick Swayze in a corner and we did Tu Wong Fu, which was... No one no one puts Patrick Swayze in a Cadillac. He puts him in a Cadillac, um, which we did with Linny. Jason and, and Jenny. Yeah. yeah, that's Jason's last episode. And uh, now we're here with the point of the break. The point of the break. Yes. We're definitely going to do way more Swayze because we haven't even done Roadhouse. Yeah, like, I know. hello, girls. Which, fun fact, I love that little call-out that they do to Roadhouse in this movie. What is it? So, um, at the very end, after they do the the raid of the the war child gang oh the meth so they do the uh, yeah so they do the uh they do the raid of the war child gang and it goes wrong and that's when he goes he's like really stressed about it he goes off and he finds out and he realizes that brody and the the boys are actually who they are and so he goes to pappas and he's just like hey dude like and he's explaining to him he's like i tailed him the entire day i followed him around he goes here, he goes to Tower Records, buys some CDs, he has lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse. Patrick's Roadhouse. Oh, I didn't even catch it. Yeah, dude. He names it off and you're like, oh shit, they did not just call out Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. You should have been like, you mean the double deuces? <laughs> Would that have been funny? <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, so they do, I love that little call out. It's one of my favorites. And apparently Swayze was just like, come on guys. Like you did not just do that. Hilarious. So mm-hmm. Swayze, like we talked about in Dirty Dancing, he comes from a family of dancers. His mom mm-hmm. had her own dance studio that he learned and taught at. He even went to special art school for dancing. He is known for being a ballerina. I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. what you call dudes? Yeah. He's he a, be a ballerina. He's a ballerina. And that in itself has helped him become a great action hero in movies. He has a wonderful strength and physique, for physique, sure. He can pick up choreography, fight choreography, because it's a lot like dance. I'm sure that surfing was easier for him than most because he's just, he knows how to keep balance and stuff like that. So in, in this film, he had already learned how to surf. He already had surfed a couple of times in his life. They did, of course, do extensive surf lessons in Hawaii. For Keanu three had never months, been a- you guys. They got mm-hmm. paid for three months, put up in Hawaii to learn how to surf. To learn how to, to surf. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Like, oh mm-hmm. my, I would pay you for that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, an honor. And then they got Lori Petty out there, but she had never been in the ocean before. <laughs> Poor girl. So she was, a, so she was a little weird about it, but uh, she came around obviously because it's a big film. So it's got to be terrifying to be like your first real big interaction with the ocean is like, all right, girl, get on this board, and you're like, oh, 
what? I can't even just like, you know, sit here and watch the waves hit my feet like everybody else does. Like, damn, Gina. Can't even wade in the water. I got to get on this board. So Patrick Swayze at this point in his career is big star, obviously. You know, the late Mm -hmm. 80s was very good for him. And coming into the 90s, he was still the star. So he is the driving force of selling this movie back in Mm -hmm. 1991, which... It's great because I think that he is my favorite part. Obviously, my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. But he is a lot like Brody because he is an adrenaline junkie. He likes to just do things. He's very adventurous. He doesn't get scared much. So when they said that he was going to be jumping out of a plane, he was amped. He had already previously jumped out of planes before filming this movie. But once he had to do it for this movie, he got so excited and went jumping a lot. And not only did he go jumping, but he would make the entire cast pretty much go jumping with him. There you go. Ever done this before? No. But I've seen it on TV. He even made make Gary Busey jumped out of the plane with him a couple times. And he has no reason to jump out of a plane because his character stays on the ground the entire movie. So, like, he, he was just so into doing this. And he was having so much fun that he made the studio really, really nervous. They have insurance policy out on their stars in case they hurt themselves, in case they die. And you're really pushing it to the limit that you're jumping out of a plane like five, six, seven times a month. Like, bitch, come on. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. (laughs) So they kind of had to yell at him to like ground him, which I don't think. That he really listened to. They put a clause in the contract. They, they actually made a point to say, no, you have to stop for insurance purposes. You can't keep on putting this liability on us. So he had to nego- he negotiate when they told him that he had to stay on ground, he negotiated, well, if that's the case, then I want at least the one time I we do film oh. it that I get to actually jump out of the plane. plane. That's right. Be- because in theory, and I was reading about how Mythbusters even tried to... I didn't watch this episode of Mythbusters. Did you by chance? I haven't watched it in this week, but I have definitely mm-hmm. seen it. And it is plausible. <laughs> it's so... It is just so funny that I, I, I haven't seen it, but that they had done the... They had done the theory and the test that they would not have been able to carry on a conversation and be filmed jumping out of a plane. So that whole part where... And he's holding the gun. He's like, no, you pull it. You pull it. He's that like, you actually... got to let go of the gun or let go of me. Either yeah. way. That whole scene happened 10 feet off the ground with a crane rig holding the actors. And then they had the fans blowing up to make it look that way. But the scene where Brody calls out to him from the plane and he says, adios. Adios, amigo. Amigo. That's actually, he jumps out of the plane. Yeah, it's not a cut shot, and you can see him fall all the way. Also, they put that clause in there, but he de- he didn't listen to it, obviously. Like, he definitely Classic. did not. Li- he was like, okay, and then, like, got on a plane and jumped out. So, like, <laughs> there's Classic. that. I believe Mythbusters also did a myth from there to see if you could jump out of the plane and catch a falling person in time to pull and it is plausible. Mm-hmm. So they're not too far from, except the conversation, which is 
incredibly impossible because impossible. the wind force like they wouldn't even they just, wouldn't even been able to hear each other. You could barely go ah and anyone listening. So like yeah. So Mythbusters, thank you for that. My one of my favorite <laughs> shows. <laughs> I didn't watch it this week. I wanted to. I was like, I need to watch that one. Maybe after this. Yeah. <laughs> so But Patrick Swayze's so committed to his character and like learning all of these stunts and martial arts, Tai Chi, fighting, combat fighting. And even with the learning how to surf, like he's so dedicated. He cracked his ribs. Four. And he busted his knee so badly that he had to have like the fluid from his knees drained. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds brutal. Definitely busted his knee in the bits of filming that night beach football scene. All of these dudes are so competitive. I think that also comes with just being an actor. You are just by nature competitive because the business is just so fucking hard that these boys got around and started playing football. And you're right. You fucked his knee up, blew it out. And they had a doctor had to come and drain that shit out every night before he could go back on set. He was safer in the sky than he was on the ground, apparently. So they should have just let him keep jumping out of planes. (laughs) And I fucking hate that scene on the beach because I'm watching it and I'm like, I love playing football. I think it's fun. But you know what I don't love? Playing football on the fucking beach in the sand. It's like so hard. So like him twisting or popping his knee is like super easy to do in sand. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I have a little bit of a fun fact. Ooh, give it to me. So what's fun is that at the very end of the film, you'll notice that Patrick Swayze has cut off all of his hair. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Utah, a.k.a. Keanu, has nice, long, beautiful, flowing locks. And the reason for that is, one, they wanted to set it, obviously, it's a year later, so it's a little different. But in truth, the actors had cut their hair because filming this film only took 77 days. Mm-hmm. But then six months later, they did the final scene. And that's why the characters look so different. As Patrick Swayze had cut all of his hair off because he was in the movie City of Joy. And Keanu had grown his hair out because he was doing the sequel for Bill and Ted. And so then there they are with these new looks to film this one scene. But it worked out perfectly because it kind of represented the characters that they were emoting at that point. Like, there's Johnny Utah, fuck the FBI, all scraggly looking and, like, looks like he just rolled out of bed or whatever. Doesn't give a fuck. And then there's Bodie. I always thought that Brody's hair was just slicked back because it was wet. Mm-mm, he trimmed it up. It's all trimmed up. Well, another fun fact about Patrick Swayze is that beautiful on-foot chase between Johnny Utah and Brody after Brody sets the gas station on fire and he runs off and he's running with the fucking Reagan mask on. He runs mm-hmm. through and like I said, he climbs a fence and Keanu can't shoot him because he don't want to shoot his friend. <laughs> well, all of that is a stuntman. That's not Patrick Swayze at all. That fool was in Europe doing press work for Ghost. And he was like, look, girl, I got to go to do this. And so they were like, well, the scene that we can film while you're gone is the scene that no one can see your face. We'll just get a, a stuntman and have him run through here. And that's Perfect. exactly did. I think the only thing that is him is the close-up of the eyes, because that's definitely Swayze's eyes. But And him saying, like, uh, maybe next time, or whatever the line is, and he runs off, that's Swayze. But, like, all of the running through the streets of L.A., I don't know where. All the back. All the back back alleys and shit like that. 
That's, and that's busting funny. through people's house and mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> See, maybe heard- Matthew Broderick would have been good at that. He just, he fair he fares Bueller's it. I heard that when uh, Patrick Swayze saw that scene afterwards, he was like, I'm glad it, I wasn't there. I'm, I'm okay that I missed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's another one. Like we said, they did not film in Australia. The last scene where Johnny finds Brody on the beach and he throws a mask at him and he's like, you forgot something, bruh. Bruh. It was filmed in Oregon, not the famous beach in Australia that they said that they're supposed to be in. So Oregon, <laughs> hey girl, I need to get to some of your beaches. That one looked pretty. Yeah, it was beautiful. So Patrick Swayze, I love you. Unless you have anything else for him? Uh, no, I feel pretty good. The only thing I was going to say is when we were talking about how he identifies with Bodhi so well is that Bodhi actually represents and means a state of nirvana, which is something that Patrick Swayze always tried to accomplish. He was a very well-centered spiritual individual and he always brought such good positive energy to most sets and was a great person to work with. So I love that he identified so well with this character that even the name had a sense of Patrick Swayze in it. Peace, Swayze. I love you. Love you, man. R.I.P. You are not forgotten. We still Never. cherish your movies all the time. So are you ready for the star of this movie? Oh, here we go. I'm so excited. So Neptune's Net mm-hmm. at 42505 Pacific Coast Highway, PCH if you're nasty. And mm-hmm. that is where Tyler works. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Utah stalks her and asks for her. What do you want? Shrimp and fries. I mean, what do you want? Why do you keep hanging around here? I need you to teach me. Give me a break. Uh, shrimp and fries. Go. Shrimp and fries. Shrimp and fries. <laughs> she wants him to go and he lies to her about his parents. So Ugh, this place, that's like the worst. I know, like a dick move. Mm-hmm. He saw it in her file, and he's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get her dead parents." <laughs> no, it's like give me something I can work so with. I can work with. So it is located in Malibu, and it is a real place. It is a place that I have passed many of times, but I've never stopped at. And it started off as a gas station in the '40s. And it was a gas station slash restaurant. And it was called Panamonium Pacific. And it was owned by this guy named Jack Jacobs. He was like, made this business into something kind of cool. And locals loved it. They would come. Surfers would come. Just everyone would come around. And it kind of got the name of being Jack's Diner. That's how like fucking popular he got it. And so in the 60s, he leased the restaurant side to this family and this family consists of like the parents three kids and the grandparents and they all Ooh. work there every day all day okay. and people love the place they love the owners they thought they were sweet they kept the food Ooh. up good because they're known for having sandwiches and hamburgers and fried seafood because it's literally Ooh. right there on pch like right looking at the water so yeah it took off 
People loved it. And they were so cool that like local surfers and young kids would come in and they couldn't afford to pay for their coffee or their meal. So the family was nice enough to let them work it off. So they'd be like, all right, you can't pay for your sandwich. Well, I need you to unload this truck that's about to pull up and come get this shit. So, you know, people uh, would like do whatever they had to do to pay for their meals. And, uh, you know, cool. they got free labor out of these people. So it was a cool community kind of like vibe. I loved it. And uh, I believe they sold it in the 80s. No, in the 90s, oh, they sold it. Okay. And it's owned by another family now. And they changed the name to Neptune's Net. And it is still open today. You can go there and they have outside patio that is open. And the dining area, as of last night when I checked, is closed. And mm. there is a drive through section where you can kind of like order and take it in your car to go during the <laughs> weekends. Like, so they're, they're making their due during these crisis times. But okay. this place is not only famous for Point Break, but you've seen it. In other movies, girl. Oh, like which ones? Like you've seen it in The Fast and the Furious in 2001. Classic. Full fucking circle here. We just keep going. That's how we you know that they were definitely a, Wait a minute. point Is break. Is that where not- he goes? Is that where he goes where she's working? I think so. Yep. I have oh, not watched the you. first one in a very long time, <laughs> which we should because that's probably my favorite one. But like. It is so good. Yeah. So, but that would be way too, way too like mirrored. That's what I'm saying. They are definitely, they that definitely so love funny. Point Break. The people of Fast and the Furious who ever made that watch Point Break as a kid. And so, <laughs> um, you might have seen it in the MTV show The Hills in 2006. Some of the ladies the have ate there. I definitely watched The Hills. It was at the end of my, like, actually caring about reality shows. So once that mm-hmm. ended, I was, like, kind of done with the whole thing anyway. And you might have seen it in an episode of Gossip Girl in 2009. Hell yeah. But the one that I probably remember the most would be Iron Man 3 in 2013. So that would be where him and Doc Cheeto were, like, sitting down to, like, eat. And like everybody like comes, and like, oh yeah! I'm pretty sure that's exactly where they are. So, oh my God. in doing research on this lovely place and actually looking at the menu and pictures, like God, it sounds so good. So yeah. my next beach trip, which should be in probably like a week or two, I'm going to make my way down to Malibu, and I'm, I'll take Do some it. pictures over at Neptune Net for everybody. <laughs> I, I really wanted to eat there like every single like when I was watching it I'm like oh that would be so effing good to eat at that restaurant like all I want is shrimp and fries right now and Ooh. the shrimp and fries look delicious and that's probably what I, I get but like I saw pictures there was like lobster and crab hamburgers and sauce so good yeah so yeah that's the real star of the place I'm hungry all and right. I know you got me all hungry I know I might just drive out there tonight and just park and wait till they open <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would be remiss to not talk about that place. Famous. Yeah, no, perfect. The real star of the show. I couldn't find anybody's house. No, no, this, that was way better. That was way better. I found like the bank. Like, and I was like, all these places suck. (laughs) And you know how I feel about like 
in the like that was my favorite part about living in Los Angeles is when we would go to the diners. Like mm-hmm. I really loved going to the old theater diners and like the places that they filmed in restaurants and stuff. So this is one of them that I would really love to go visit the next time I'm back there. So yeah, that's the star. I don't have much on uh, Lori Petty. We have you guys have already previously talked about her in a league of their own. Lori Petty is amazing. Uh, Tank Girl. Tank Girl. (laughs) Fun fact that I really super loved was that her birthday is the same as the director's, November 27th. Ooh, that's cool. I know. I thought that was really cool. The two girls on set had the same birthday. Had the same birthday. And I mean, we already spoke about how Bigelow, when she auditioned, she chose Petty because she gave not a traditional Hollywood blonde bombshell surfer chick look. She had the real surfer athletic look and she was pumping iron with the guys through sets, just like everybody else. She had the mentality and desire to be Tyler and she just dominated it. She's so cool. I love her in anything I ever see her in. Yeah. I love her voice. I love mm-hmm. her attitude. I love like the short hair she usually be rocking. I'm glad yeah. I love her in this movie because she's not blonde and usually she is blonde in movies. Yeah. And this brown, this dark hair on her just makes her look even more badass and I love it. And it's and has her stand out against all of the dudes because all yeah. of them except Keanu have the same color like dirty blonde hair. They all do. Like from behind I wouldn't be able to tell any of them apart. So, like, Mm -mm. I love that contrast. Yeah. I want to be her friend, and no matter what I see, be it this or Tank Girl or Free Willy, which I just showed my nieces for the first time a couple days ago. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. They loved it, and I was just like, oh. I forgot how awesome she is in this movie. Like, she's she's the trainer. She's the badass. I mean, even when she's fucking crazy and orange in the new black, I still want to be I her know. friend. Like, I still. Exactly. She just has a distinctive voice that is so she signature does. to her. And it makes me happy anytime I see her. I'm always like, oh, <laughs> oh, she's going to be a good character. Yeah. I mean, I even loved her in In the Army Now. And that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a... That's right. <laughs> She was the only girl. Mm-hmm. And even again, again, and even that movie. This time in a desert. I know <laughs> that was, that movie was so silly growing up. I remember that it was crazy. Polly Shore is crazy. I love it. I fucking love that I movie, know. dude. But she has paid her dues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might recognize some of her voices in the DC cartoons. Mm-hmm. She's in Livewire. Like, Batman. She plays Livewire. Yep. And she shows up in Superman as Livewire. So she is always out there getting hers. Mm-hmm. I love her. I'm so happy that she's still out there and that we got to do this movie. I know. Because she, cause she so is good. so good in this movie. Even when she's like, he, she pulls out the gun on him and she finds his FBI badge and she's like, A lawyer! You lied to me! Tyler. The gun down. I'll bet you lied about everything. I'll bet you lied about your parents. Liar! She like shoots Liar. the pillow. You're like, oh. She lied about your parents. Do you have a soul? Do you have? A, I know that's pretty fucked up. And like when they're videotaping her all fucking tied up, she looks like she's going to beat his ass if she ever gets her hands on her. I like, know. Maybe she stabbed him in Mexico. <laughs> she's yeah, like, I gotta awesome. go back to Mexico and get this bitch. Do you think that she, her and Johnny make it? Do you um, think they're together still at the end? No. I don't think so either. 
But I think that's pretty shitty because this fool jumped out of a plane with no parachute on to fucking find you with no parachute. With like no parachute. <sighs> I know. Yeah, so that shit is it's scary. So this fool jumping out of a plane hoping to catch someone with a parachute is insane. So Lori Petty, we love you. <laughs> and we'll definitely be talking more about you when we watch Tank Girl. Yes. Or Free Willy, bitch. Or Free Willy. Fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. Tank Girl is Or in the I, Army Now. Or in the Army Now. I'm not against it. I do enjoy the movie. I watched it maybe like a year ago and it, it, it still held up for me. So. It's probably sure. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the ex-presidents because they're freaking awesome and they're totally cool and they're such a big part of this movie. Okay. What I super love is that Bigelow again comes at it and she's like, listen, I want actual surfers to be in the movie. I don't want them just to be... Put in fake stuntmen. I want actual surfers out there. And so they hired for the the ex-presidents. So Bojezi Christopher, who plays the character of Gromit, and then John Philbin, who plays Nathaniel, they are actually pro surfers in real life. They just did acting on the side. It was kind of, that was the thing back in the 90s because it was so art house experimental. There was a lot of people who were doing multiple artists of different kind. And so these guys were actually surfers that did a little acting on the side and they were hired. They're like, yes, we want you to be in this film. So they are. What's crazy is that as the ex-presidents, they they were working with real like Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves, who were also learning how to surf at the time. So then they created this really cool little brotherhood bond which was really neat Mm. on set and they were enjoying each other's company so much that they would legitimately with when those parties were actually happening they they would put full force their characters into it because they were real boys of the ocean yeah so you can see that they have that real great flow of themselves with each other and and it made filming those scenes so effortless um that's something that they do in mm-hmm. I'm gonna say in surfer movies, I found in my research that they use a lot of real surfers, not necessarily just to be stunt doubles, because yeah, you're gonna need them to do that. Yeah, but they also are there as background characters or other surfers mm-hmm. that are just kind of hanging back. They use legit professional or famous surfers just because you know you want that real feel. I want my extras and people around them right? to look like. That's where they're supposed to be. Doing things like that is great. Boy, Jesse Christopher was actually one of the coaches in Blue Crush. Oh. He's in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Derek Dor- Dorner is Patrick Swayze's stunt man for the surfing. And he is a legend in the world yeah. of surfing. And he just basically took on the majority of the surfing that you see. Obviously, it's not pa- Patrick Swayze because he's just a beginner surfer. But he also, his knee was fucked up and had broken three ribs or four ribs. So he definitely couldn't do most of the things. So all of the wide shots of the surfer is his stuntman. I think that they also like to keep real surfers around to keep it honest. You know, if you're not a surfer, you don't realize that there's a surf line that Mm -hmm. you have to wait on because you can't have too many people on a wave at the same time because it's super dangerous and you're good. You could crash into each other and knock each other down or a board can knock someone out. So, you know, you have to wait your turn and the way that it kind of works is that 
whoever the senior head of the surfing crew, you know, goes first and it goes in order of the waves. And the newer you are, the further back you are in the line. And yeah. like kind of like the scene where Johnny goes out there and the dudes are pissed at him. He's like, stay off my wave. Stay off my wave. It's because that's real shit. I've seen fist yeah. fights go down on the beach. For oh, the yeah, there's territory. Exact shit. If yeah. you're not a local... Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck That's out real. Of here. That is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another thing I really super loved about the ex-presidents in the film is that they killed them off in chronological order that they served as the representative, like, as the respective presidents serving in office. Oh, shit. And Reagan lived to be, like, 100 or some shit. And what's funny is that Reagan was the only one that actually ever got shot Oh yeah, during that at- at- attempted assassination attempt. Reagan was shot at, but I mean, obviously, Bodhi doesn't get shot. This is why I think Bodhi made it because in '91, Reagan was still alive. He didn't die till like 2000 and something. So they gave him that one because he was supposed to survive. Boom! There you go. Boom. Conspiracy, motherfucking theory. I know I've convinced some of you guys out there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I believe he's in New Zealand. I'm going to join him after this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hail to the chief for the ex-presidents. Let's talk about Gary Busey, you guys. Yes. This man is a meme. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many memes I've seen of this fool with his weird teeth and his smile and him saying something. So if you don't really know who he is other than that. Let me tell you a little bit about him. So he is an Oscar nominated actor. He was nominated for the Buddy Holly story that came out in the eighties. I think it was. Oh, no, 1978. (laughs) My bad. Um, (laughs) And he didn't win, but that is like, his height of height. But he went on to be in movies like Lethal Weapon, which is probably my first remembrance of him as Lethal Weapon as the fucking crazy bad dude. And it worked. He had a bunch of other things. At this point in his career, he was doing very good, you know, showing up, being these outrageous characters. And usually I always think of him as a bad guy and he was actually, you know, a, a legit dude in this movie. Except I think that I feel like he set him up. The meatball sandwich. The really meatball sandwich. Mad. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? You're the only one watching and you're sitting there reading a newspaper while these dudes yeah. are about to, you know they're going to come. Not, are you not taking this seriously? I, I don't know. Like, what is that? Like, I hate that. That is one of the, that's why I can't give it a full hundred. Like, there's those moments where that just seems like a slacker off situation. Like, no. He was in Predator 2, which is my favorite of the Predator. I always think of him in Black Sheep. I was going to say, Black Sheep? He lived in that weird little cabin. or cabin. Not even cabin. It was like a little uh, fucking RV that's off in the woods. So weird. I also think of him in Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Rookie of the Year. So he did a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. in 1995, he was in a motorcycle accident. And he yeah. hit his head. He wasn't wearing a helmet. He can't remember seven weeks of his life. I know. And it kind of changed him, basically, because he hit his head. 
that yeah. shit's real. And he had to deal with that for the rest of his life. So mm-hmm. the yelling and the outrageous things that he says and do are result of that accident. Yeah. And shortly after his motorcycle accident, California changed their laws making it illegal to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of that, he was against it, saying, you know, it's free will, man. If you want to be out there without a helmet, you should be able to be out there without a helmet. Once he started to grasp the idea that he's the way he is and has alcohol and substance abuse, it clicked that it was because of this moment. Yeah. Which totally sucks. But he went on to have a crazy career. He ended up being a reality star who was on Dancing with the Stars. He's on Celebrity Rehab. He won, like, UK Big Brother, (laughs) the first American to ever do it, which is kind of crazy. And that's probably because no one can out-crazy him. It's like... Yeah. (laughs) Or face him. So, like, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat him. Yeah, he went on to do that. And he's kind of known for taking any script that is put in front of him. So if you are an upcoming filmmaker and you would like to have a big name, semi-big-name up on your marquee, send him your script because you have a good chance of him reading it and wanting to do it. I feel like if we asked him to be on the show, he would have zoomed in to be on the show. Like That would be so cute. <laughs> that would have been so cute. So, I mean, he is no. a sober person, so I don't think, or is supposed to be. He's well, supposed you can make to be. a mocktail. This could be a mocktail. That's true. Everything in here is, except the Malibu. Yeah. Just add sparkling water. So that's a little bit about Gary Busey, you guys. Mr. Busey. Yeah. So let's talk about the name Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah? It came because the writer enjoyed the name or the person, Joe Montana. And because you can't just name your character after a famous quarterback. No. (laughs) He found a middle ground by calling him Johnny Utah, which I like. Mm -hmm. And it also is parallel to, you know, Johnny Utah because he was a quarterback who had to leave his football career early due to any injury, which also happened to Joe Montana. So that's a cool parallel to the name. Okay. So here's my last one, girls. Okay. I didn't do a deep, deep, deep dive because I feel like whatever answer I give you is not going to be a good one because we're in Corona times. But before the world went to shit, you could have went and saw Point Break Live. I did see Point Break Live. I was going to ask you. I remember that when it came to San Francisco, it was... I wanted to go and I didn't, but I couldn't remember if you went. I did. I went with <laughs> went with a couple of friends. It was so good. Apparently, when you go, you in the audience, you too can become Bodie or Johnny Utah. Mm-hmm. They give yep. you cue cards to follow along. They miss water on you when you're supposed to be in water. And you know, it's a lot like a Rocky Horror. A Rocky picture Horror show. Picture Show. I was. It's. It's. Absolutely, like, the full experience of a Rocky Horror Picture Show-esque style. And like Rocky Horror Picture Show, don't be coming in here thinking you're going to be Keanu and you only seen the movie once. Nah, bitch. Yeah. This yeah. is for the diehard who can quote this movie, mm-hmm. who will throw in their a- extra spin on it because they love this movie as much as the next person. 
And I'm kind of sad that I did not go through, do it during the time, but I was a broke was student so who had two jobs. Yeah. So I couldn't. Um, but it did travel around. It was in San Francisco, it was in LA, New York, Chicago. So I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed their point break dinner theater. <laughs> it was so much fun. What was the best part? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it had to be when um, they were doing the bank robbery scene and mm-hmm. they were shooting everybody. They had those confetti poppers that they kept on. Going <laughs> off. So I was like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's not like tragic because there's confetti that came out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> was, that was pretty funny. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that was good times. You got anything else on your movie? Oh, God. I mean, no. Okay. So, are you ready? Because it's time for <gasps> Z for the people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So this Z for the people is inspired by Brody. I feel like this dude, if he wasn't a bank robber, he definitely would have been involved with this charity. So this is called surfrider.org. Surfrider Foundation is a foundation that is for the people like us who love the beaches, the oceans, the waves, all of that stuff. So this foundation focuses on educating people on the dangers of plastic in the ocean, straws, all of these horrible things that they people are dumping into the ocean. Yeah. They're also working with cleaning beaches. They also mm-hmm. work with lawmakers and making sure that they are fair in their laws and allowing public access and such mm-hmm. to beaches all over all over. I don't think it's just America, but I think it's all over. It's all over the world. I yeah. love that. They help wildlife. I think they help when there's things like oil spills. Like, And these are all people who love the beach, love the ocean. Usually surfers because they... Because once you start surfing, it'll change your life, man. It will. And, and so... Becoming one with the water. One with the water. And I totally agree. I am not a surfer, but I am a big-ass beach bum. Yeah. Who loves going to the beach whenever I can. I love being in the water. I love floating in the water. I just love listening to it, looking at it, smelling it. I love it all. If I had to go to a beach that was littered with six-pack rings and fucking straws and cigarette butts, I'd be pissed. If I could take my roach after I smoke this blunt and put it in a jar and take it with me, you can do that with your fucking butts. Exactly. Exactly. What's really great is that gum containers, Altoid cans, those are perfect. Any kind of mint or gum, you can put in a cigarette or roach or joint end, whatever. You don't have to litter. It makes me sick. Yeah. Sorry. So they just want to help out the ocean. That's their main focus. I personally am going to donate to this foundation, being that I am a mermaid. I would like to keep my home clean. So I would say go to surfride.org, donate your time, donate your money. 
the majority of the people who work with this organization are all volunteers. So Ugh. if you live by a beach, figure out where their headquarters is and uh, get to it, girl. Let's start helping. Yeah. So that is my Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. Uh, okay, we did it. We did it. We made it. We made it. We made it. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find us? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It was so good to check in with you. Don't forget, you can catch up with us on anywhere you get your podcasts. So if that's Spotify, FM Player, uh, we love our Podbean. Go ahead and check us out. Share us, like us, subscribe. Yeah. We love hearing from you guys. So don't forget to hit us up on our email, Lights, Camera, Cocktail, no S. Get the S out of here at gmail.com love to hear your close encounters hit us up with any movie recommendations anything we might have missed that you thought would be really cool go ahead and let us know we have so much content on our instagram on our tiktok and on twitter so go ahead and check us out we have a lot of show notes as well as all the fun cocktails we like to make we like to make little videos so yeah. go check those out i'm yeah. kicking in the talking <laughs> yes so yeah, girl. In honor for next month, we are going to be honoring some of our favorite type of people in the world for Pride Month. <laughs> and we're going to actually do something a little special, a little different. We are going to do our very <laughs> first documentary. We are going to be doing Paris is Burning. Now, if you have not seen Paris oh. is Burning and you are part of the alphabet or you're part of the rainbow crew... I don't know what to tell you mm -hmm. because I'm an ally and I love this movie and I've seen it. And so you definitely yeah. need to uh, get your life together. Yeah, you get your life it. together. <laughs> and then after that, so go watch Legendary on HBO, you guys. <laughs> Next week, Paris is burning. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yeah, thank you, Lene, for drinking with me and talking with me. Thanks, Zenobia. I love you. I love you. Thanks to our listeners. We do this for you. Thank you for tuning in. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Are you angry? Do you feel alive? Good, since you're alive, why don't you tell me about what your theory is? Bruh? <laughs> <laughs> There's no bruh. <laughs> bruh? You don't know bruh? <laughs>